0: to share something with you this morning that has been um, a key that answered a, a lot of my questions around the area of why does the word work for some people and why it doesn't work for other people. And so... What I share, it's taken from personal revelation from the Lord, but also from the scriptures. And the title of my message is, The Knowledge of God is the Foundation for Our Faith. The knowledge of God and His Word is the foundation for our faith. To know God intimately is to know His Word. Amen? Amen? Amen. Because God and His Word are one and the same. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If I am speaking... The word of God today, you are hearing God himself. Amen. It is as though the Lord was here speaking to you directly. Amen. So it's not for your next door neighbor, it's not for the person sitting next to you, it's for you. God has a specific word for you today. Amen. Someone once said that most people come to church with a shovel. They hear something and they pass it on. No, we want us to open our hearts today and hear what the Spirit of God has to say to you personally. You see, many profess to know God, but they are unfamiliar with His Word. They don't know His Word. The knowledge they have of God most times is either based on religious traditions or it is based on their own experiences, either bad or good, or most of our knowledge that we have is what others say about God. In other words, through secondhand knowledge. Now, this is the reason why most people in the church struggle to believe God. Because their foundation is shaky and unstable. Are you listening to me? If you're struggling with your faith today, if you find it difficult to trust or to believe God, it's because you have a faulty foundation. It's shaky and unstable. Genuine faith, Bible faith, is always based on the revelation of God's Word. We need to understand that. We cannot have faith without a revelation of what God said. Amen? Now the measure of knowledge you and i possess is the measure or determines the measure of faith we will exercise and the measure of faith we exercise determines the measure of grace we receive from god that is how the kingdom of god works why because faith is based on knowledge And without faith, you cannot receive anything from God. Because in the kingdom of God, everything functions by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen? So if you and I want to please God, then we need to walk by faith and not by sight, not by feeling. That's the only way we will ever please our Heavenly Father. (coughs) I say that because faith... Operates on the platform of revelation knowledge. Where there is knowledge, faith is always present. You don't have to struggle to believe God when you know. Amen? When you know that you know that you know, not just in your head, but in your heart, that faith is easy. You rest because you know. Amen? So knowledge is the key. So, based on what I've shared with you, we don't really have a faith problem. But we do have a knowledge problem. Nothing wrong with your faith. Your faith can only operate as far as you know. So we don't have a faith problem. Your faith is perfect. In fact, Your faith is the same faith that Jesus operated on. Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The faith that God gave you when you got born again is the same faith of the Son of God. It is the God kind of faith. It is not natural faith. It is spiritual. Amen? Everybody has natural faith. But not everybody has spiritual faith. Only those who have been born by the Spirit of God. So we don't really have a faith problem, but we do have a knowledge problem. So lack of revelation knowledge, I believe, is the cause of every failure in the church today. Lack of knowledge is the cause, the root cause, of every problem every failure that we have in the church God said through Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 he said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I will also reject you God didn't say the world is destroyed he said my people are destroyed when we are being destroyed in any area of our lives is because in that area we lack knowledge, spiritual knowledge, not natural knowledge, knowledge of God and his word. You see, ignorance or lack of knowledge, say call it whatever you will, is the primary weapon of the devil. He operates in the dark. He operates where there is ignorance. And people who are ignorant of what God has spoken are very easily deceived. When you don't know the truth, you will believe anything. You will swallow anything because you have no discernment. Amen? The devil comes, whispers into your mind, and if you don't know what the Bible says, if you don't know what the truth is, you will believe it. And if you believe it, to you it's true. And whatever you believe will come to pass in your life, good or bad. Because Jesus said, according to what you believe, so it will be done unto you. And many believe the wrong thing. Many believe the lie. That's why they are in prison. There are many kinds of prisons today. Not just natural physical prisons. But there are mental and emotional and physical prisons. Why? Because they swallowed a lie. You believe the lie, and you believe the lie because you don't know the truth. Hello? Jesus said, You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? Amen. So, people who are ignorant of what God's word has to say are very easily prone to deception. You see, ignorance is the platform where the devil works. Just as knowledge is the platform of faith, ignorance is the platform or the foundation upon which the enemy works in our lives. Now, if we destroy his platform, we can also destroy the works of the devil. Not just in our own lives, but in the lives of our loved ones or the people that we have influence over to stop his work we must receive light everybody say light nice. Do you want to stop his works is the enemy at work in your life in any area in your marriage in your body in your finances in your relationships is he at work in any of these areas then what you need to do is not just pray, or cry, or fast. You can do all of those things. But the most important thing is to receive light concerning that area that you are being destroyed or you are struggling with. Simple enough, isn't it? Say if this room was full of darkness, you walk through the door, How would you expel the darkness? Would you bring a bucket and a shovel and empty it? No, that's stupid. What do you do? You flip the switch. When light comes, darkness flees. Amen. When knowledge comes, the enemy flees. When knowledge comes, faith is there. When faith is there, God works. Amen. So we need light. And knowledge or light comes through the Word of God. I want to share a very important scripture. Memorize this. pastor gives you spirit food every week. Here's another one for you. Psalm 119 and verse 130. Psalm 119 verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. That's what the psalmist saying. The entrance, when you receive the word of God in your mind and in your heart, it brings light. It illuminates you. It brings revelation knowledge. Amen? And then it says, it giveth understanding unto the simple. Even the most simple people who have never finished high school, not educated, they can become wiser than most naturally educated people. Because God's word brings light, knowledge. Amen? I believe that knowledge is the most expensive commodity in our universe the most valuable commodity. Amen? Amen. You believe that? Amen. All right, let's go on. There is a common phenomena in the church today, and I have observed that everywhere. Believers are the same everywhere, whether you're in Cyprus, whether you're in South Africa, or in the United States. And it is this. Most believers, I dare say, do not study the word for themselves. They live off secondhand knowledge. What do I mean by that? Secondhand knowledge is knowledge they receive from someone else about God rather than go to God direct and through intimate fellowship and friendship with Him receive knowledge. And understanding. Amen. Say amen or oh, oh me. You can't say amen say oh me. Most believers that I know of live off from Sunday to Sunday and they live off secondhand knowledge. What they heard the pastor say. What they heard someone else say. And today with technology you can go to the internet And you can listen to the most wonderful anointed preachers. But that is not enough. And we can learn certain things from them. But that cannot be substituted with the knowledge that you receive direct from God as he breathes his word into your spirit and into your mind when you spend time with him Fellowshipping in prayer and in His Word. Amen. Amen? Amen? And I will give you a beautiful example of this in Scripture. There is this beautiful example where folks were not satisfied with secondhand knowledge, in other words, what they heard about Jesus from someone else, but pressed into the Lord's presence, and experienced an encounter with the lord himself and received first-hand personal revelation from jesus himself and it's a wonderful example that we should follow this example it's recorded in john's gospel chapter 4 where jesus has an encounter with a woman at the well I'm sure that those of you who've read the Bible at any time or the Gospels, you are familiar with the woman of Samaria. She had an encounter with the Lord Jesus. The Lord spoke to her prophetically, told her of who she was and what she has done. And then she was so excited, she left the the, the bucket there or what she brought to take water out of the well, ran into the city and testified and told the villagers about Jesus. In other words, she preached the gospel to them. Amen? Amen? You with me so far? Amen. Now listen to what scripture says, John 4 verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him For the saying of the woman who testified, He told me all that I ever did. So she won many converts. Many believed. They believed her word. They believed her testimony. And that's what we should be doing. Praise God. We should be sharing the gospel. Telling people what Jesus has done for us. Amen. How he saved us. How he answered our prayer. Amen all of us that is not the ministry of the pastors or the fivefold ministers it is the ministry of every believer the bible says he committed to us the ministry of reconciliation go tell the world tell them one that god is not angry with them anymore that he has forgiven them that he does not hold their trespasses against them that he has reconciled himself to the most vile and wicked person through Jesus Christ because of what Jesus has done. That's what we should be telling the world. Tell them that God loves them. The reason they run away from Him is because they are afraid of Him. They are afraid of Him because they don't know that He has reconciled Himself to them. Most people think who don't know God that He's after them to punish them rather than bless them. Amen. That's the gospel. So this woman went, shared the gospel, and many believed. The Samaritans, though, did not stay with secondhand knowledge about Jesus. But they pressed in and persuaded the Lord himself to stay with them longer. Listen to what John 4.40 says. So when the Samaritans were come to him, that is Jesus, they besought him, meaning they constrained him. They begged him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two more days. This wasn't a casual request. They were hungry. Not for food, but for knowledge. They wanted to get to know this wonderful Savior for themselves. And they, didn't, they were not satisfied with second-hand knowledge. They believed, but somehow they knew there was something more. And they wanted to experience that something more for themselves. So they, they besought him, they constrained him, Lord, please stay with us. Stay with us. When you have a heart that hungers for God, God will draw near to you. Amen. Amen. When we seek God with all of our hearts, not just some of it, but all of our hearts. He said, and you will seek me and find me. When? When you search and seek for me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. And a hungry heart manifests itself by seeking God. Not satisfied with somebody, what somebody else said about God. I want to hear Him for myself. Amen? I recall when I, was having through, when I was going through persecution and struggles and problems, even in my own family. I didn't want to go to some counselor to counsel me. I believed and I understood that the Lord lives within me. Not only has He given me His Spirit, but He's given me His Word. So what I did, I would go into my prayer closet, shut the door, and stay there with my Bible, consulting with the Lord, and listening to His counsel. I never had to go. Not because we don't need counselors. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go. But you have the most wonderful counselor within you. Amen? He has all of the answers. Amen. So why not go to Him? Why not spend time with Him? Why not lock yourself in your prayer closet or wherever you pray, wherever you have somewhere quiet and private, and just listen? God is speaking all the time. So Jesus stayed with them for another two days. Now listen to the Samaritan's testimony, John four forty-two. Then the Samaritan say to the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy say, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now listen carefully to what the Samaritans say. Now we believe, not because of what you told us for we have heard him ourselves we've had an encounter with him we've experienced the Lord ourselves we have tasted and found out that the Lord is good that he is the savior of the world and no you see knowledge what are we talking about knowledge revelation knowledge Direct knowledge from the Lord through the spirit as he opens up the word and reveals the word to us and we have heard him and because we've heard him how does faith come? by hearing hearing. and hearing by the word of God you see the word is alive Jesus is the living word of God he's given us the written word to unveil the living word who is none other than Jesus they heard him they had a personal encounter and they have discovered that he is the savior of the world now these are tremendous statements tremendous words that fell from the lips of these people and we need to pay attention to them why? because as I have said to you The church, in its state, in its present state, is unable to break loose. One of the things that I have seen this morning in a vision, as I was praying generally for the church in Cyprus, we have pockets of churches everywhere, lots of them. I saw bars of iron before them, like in a prison cell. And the Lord said to me, these bars of iron prevent my church from going forward and upward. It's like we are imprisoned through limited knowledge. The only way that we can break loose out of this prison into the world, because God equipped us through the Spirit for signs and wonders, The only way we can break out of this and move forward fulfilling the purposes of God is to obtain the knowledge of God. The wisdom of God. The understanding of how God works so that we can align ourselves with what He's doing rather than doing our own thing and asking God to bless it. Hello. Amen so their faith was no longer based on someone else's knowledge but on their own personal experience and the encounter as a result of that personal encounter they sat down with him and they talked to him they asked him questions I'm sure he answered the questions he let them touch him and sup with him and they ate with him and they got to have this personal experience with the Lord himself. And I say that this is what is missing, by and large, from the church today. There is a kind of knowledge, folks, that comes direct into our hearts and into our minds from God himself as we fellowship with him in prayer and in his word that cannot be replaced, that cannot be substituted with anyone else's words, no matter how anointed that person is who teaches us. Amen. Amen. And no matter how anointed your pastor is, or the person you listen to, or your spiritual father, they can never replace what you can receive directly from God as you seek his face and you pursue his presence fellowship with god and his word is the mother and the nurturer of our faith remember that no one can be strong in faith without spending time with god and not just quality but quantity time amen praise the lord We must go a step further than what is taught or preached to us. You see, what the preacher does on a Sunday morning, he's giving you seeds, not trees, ready to bear fruit. He's planting seeds into your heart. Most people think that, well, wow, what a word, Pastor. Thank you so much. But if you don't take that seed and work with it, it's not going to produce any fruit for you. So what the pastor does is plant seeds into your heart. But you're going to have to take those seeds and work with them. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Water the seed. (laughs) If you don't water the seed, by next Sunday that seed dried up and it died. It needs nurturing, watering. Amen? Protecting that seed that you receive. Jesus said "When, when you hear the word, The devil comes immediately to steal that word out of your heart. And he uses persecution. He uses affliction. Amen. The desires for other things coming in. They distract us. The responsibilities of life. Amen. And then they steal that word that we receive. So we come back next Sunday. We receive another seed. The same thing happens again, over and over. And this cycle continues without truly seeing the kind of fruit that the incorruptible seed of the Word of God should produce in our lives. Amen? Amen. So we must press into God. Make what is taught and preached from the Word our own revelation. And receive our own light. Not just live and work through someone else's light and revelation knowledge. This is when our faith will work for us. Amen? And it will take you to places. Listen to me. Both in the spirit and in the natural where you have never been before. There are places that God has prepared for you and I. There are works that God has prepared for you and I. The Bible says, Ephesians 2.10, good works, which God ordained before you were even born. But you will never fulfill those works. And you will never fulfill your God-given purpose and finish the race unless, unless you do what I'm sharing with you today. Because it takes faith. Amen? So we must press into the Lord's presence. And take what we heard. And chew on it. Until it becomes part of you. Just like you eat the the meal. You take the bread and you eat it. And that meal that you eat in due time. It becomes part of you. And the word was made flesh the Bible says you got to take that seed, you've got to take that word and chew on it, meditate in it day and night until it becomes part of you. That's when it becomes revelation knowledge. And that's when our faith will work for us and will take us places that you have not even imagined in your wildest dreams. Because God has good plans for you and I. The Bible says that God has prepared wonderful things. Things that eyes and ears, natural senses cannot perceive, cannot touch, cannot feel. They are already prepared and laid up for you because you love God. And they are revealed to us by the Spirit. Amen? So the only way you get to those places is by faith in the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus said something profound to the Jews concerning the willingness to rejoice in someone else's light or someone else's revelation, knowledge. And we find that in John chapter 5, the Gospel according to St. John chapter 5 and verse 35. Speaking of John the Baptist. Jesus said to the Jews he was willing or oh, he was a burning and a shining light that's John the Baptist and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. Many of us are comfortable to stay that way and stay in that condition live off. Rejoice in someone else's light and refuse to seek God for our own light and our own truth. You will hear people say, my pastor said this. Or this famous preacher, he said this. Or this one. And we keep quoting other people's revelation. Stop it. Get your own revelation. Enough now. Amen. It's like Jesus asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And one said John the Baptist, or, or they were risen from the dead, or Elijah, or Jeremiah. And then Jesus turned to them, who do you say that I am? Only one of them heard from God. Peter jumped up and he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say to him? Blessed are you, Simon. Upon this rock. What rock? The rock of revelation knowledge. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. You see, God builds on revelation knowledge. Anything that he does in your life, he does it through revelation knowledge. You receive light and God builds on the light that you receive. Amen. So we must Stop quoting other people, but take what other people teach and work with it. Make it your own. Tell us something you heard from God. What did God say to you today before you got here? What did he say? When I ask people, they come to me with a problem. The first question they ask them, what is the Lord telling you about this? Uh, They're looking to me to give them their answer. It's okay for babies who have just come to know the Lord. But when you've been in the Lord for 15, 20 years, man, you ought to get your own revelation. Don't bother me. And don't waste my time. There are other people that I just got born again that I have to teach and counsel. But if you've been in the Lord for 15 years and 20 years and 30 years and you cannot hear God for yourself, then something is definitely wrong. Hello. And sometimes we pastors make terrible mistakes. We keep piggybacking people. We carry them. Pastor, please pray for me. Well, what's wrong with you? Huh? Why can't you pray? Oh no, but God hears you, but He doesn't hear me. Nonsense. The same faith you received is the same faith I received. But the problem is you're too lazy. Amen. You want somebody else to piggyback you into heaven. Answer your prayers. Change your diapers. Enough. It's time we grow up. How are we going to make the kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of our God, if we're still babes, carnal, fleshly? Hello. Amen. And so, most of us are comfortable to stay in that condition rejoice in someone else's light refuse to seek god for our own light and get our own truth and i have seen and experienced this in my own life particularly with my son stephen stephen now i think is 34 years of age my son never missed church in fact he grew up in church he never missed a tithe even when he got pocket money, when was this high, he would always tithe and give offerings. Because I taught them from a young age. Never rebelled or misbehaved, even as a teenager. You know, you know what te- teenagers are like? Well, I trust you know. But Stephen never, ever, he never got up one Sunday morning and said, I'm not going to church today. None of my kids ever did that. Never rebelled as a teenager. When he finished his education, he went to work. I would always hear praise reports from his employer. What a a wonderful son he is and how blessed the company is for having him. Good husband and a good father of two children. Just over two years ago, One Sunday morning, the Spirit of God moved in such a powerful way and miraculously, through a vision. I saw it all clear. I laid hands on him. When I laid hands on him and the Spirit of God fell, I saw this beautiful picture. I'm not going to go into detail. The end result was he was released from where he was and he was brought into full-time ministry. Just like that. Years and years and years of waiting for him to bud and blossom. Suddenly, God moved. I don't know why, I don't know how. You know, I have watched him since that day. Blossom. Mentally. Socially. You know what he used to do? Every Sunday he He, he huddled. He was this group of people, two, three, that he always talked to after church. Nobody else. And he would go home. Now after church, I see him talking to people, (laughs) ministering to people. And everybody is beginning to see it. And they are blessed by the light and the knowledge and the revelation he receives from the word. It's so evident. It just came into his own. And people see it, and they get blessed by the fragrance, the spiritual fragrance that emanates from this young man. And I'm saying, where was he so long? And the reason being is because he started seeking God and receiving his own light. Most of his life, he lived under the shadow of his father's faith. You know what? If we can inspire the church somehow, not by telling them what to do. You know, it's like our brother Sheikh this morning. You tell the kids, don't do it, they'll do it. You know, because there's something in the human nature that will rise up and say, well, I'm going to do it. (laughs) If we can just inspire the church, That from within the church would rise up and draw near to God. Press into His presence. Out of divine hunger to know God intimately. To connect with Him on a personal level. To hear from Him directly through the Spirit whispering into our hearts. The words that we need to hear for our daily sustenance. To hear that he cares for me. Not because pastor said so. Because I've heard him myself. And I've experienced his embrace in my life. Because I took the time to seek his face. And to sit at his feet. And listen to his heart. If we could just inspire the church to do that. You know what? We will have... A church that is filled with power and filled with His glory. Folks, would come into their own. You know what I mean when I say come into your own. Most of us in the church live and die and never show up. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we are destined to do. The great and impossible things. That God ordained for us to do by faith. Why? Because we lack that personal knowledge and that personal encounter with God. We would discover our own gifts, and the pastor doesn't have to push us and coax us and say, Come on, come on. In all my life, it seems like I am pushing people. just urging them and encouraging them. We've got to learn to encourage ourselves. Why do pastors have to stand up and say you should tithe? We shouldn't do that. You should know in your heart. Because you heard from God. Pastors shouldn't stand up and say read the word. No. Where do you see that in the New Testament? You should read the word because you know. And it's been revealed to you by the Spirit that without the word you cannot live. Because Jesus said, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The reason why we stand up and try and encourage people and tell them what to do is because they're not hearing from God themselves. Imagine the burden that will be lifted off the ministry. If folks would hear direct from God and be led by the Spirit rather than by man. Hello. Discover the gifts. Not only that. They would discover the God-given purpose and walk in the light of His presence. You will know who you are in the Spirit. You will know what God assigned you to do precisely you would know the season you are to step out and do certain things by faith because you heard from the Spirit of God. Amen. That's how God dealt with me. No pastor called me into the ministry. God called me and my pastor confirmed it. Amen. No one told me when it was time to leave the business and go into the ministry. The Spirit of God spoke to me. And it was confirmed by those whom I respect around me. Amen. Oh, that every single one of us, it is the desire, it is the heart of God that you be led by God himself. That you led by the spirit, that you encourage yourself in the Lord. And when you come to church, you come to encourage and to give rather than always coming to receive. Most of us come to church. Ah, feed me, pastor. I had such a rough week. Oh, and you regret asking them how they're doing. And they tell you all their troubles, but in the midst of all their testimony, there's not a trace of a revelation or a word that God spoke to them. Sad. It is so sad. Say amen. 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 Before we can become a blessing to the world we live in, we need to know what we have been blessed with. Amen. amen. But most times we know our weaknesses. We can name all of our sicknesses, one by one. Yeah. Yeah. And you find, you find another one that, that has this, oh, you should hear about my sickness and my pains and my struggles. You think you've got struggles. Wait, wait, wait till you hear about my struggles. Amen. We know our weaknesses. We know our failures. We know our sin. But we do not know the power or the authority that we possess in Christ. Why? because our minds have not yet been renewed or educated according to the Word of God, despite the many sermons we have been hearing for years in church. Amen. Amen. And the reason being is because most of us don't share intimacy with the Lord. And we have no personal encounters or experiences or personal revelations direct from God. You know what the difference is between us modern marshmallow Christians and the old disciples? The old disciples, the early church, had such a knowledge of God. The Bible says they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. They had such a personal revelation and personal experience of God. They had such a vibrant relationship with the Lord that everything else, in the light of that knowledge, everything else seemed insignificant and unimportant. There's a beautiful song that we sing sometimes that when we behold His face, the things of the earth grow strangely dim look full in his wonderful face and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim you know these early disciples armed with this knowledge they ran to the lions and to the deaths with singing praises and a smile on their face what was the secret they knew god and they considered the relationship with god the most valuable the most treasure in the world everything else was of secondary importance to them that's the difference amen, amen. in fact they even call their suffering momentary light affliction second corinthians 4 17 and i say this that when we place real value on intimacy with the Lord, our relationship with Him and with His Word, what He has done for us in His great plan of salvation and pursue Him with our whole heart, we will be able to walk through life with our heads held high and a smile on our face and we will be witnessing left, right and center. People will see the light and the glory that emanates from our personal encounter with the Lord amen and you know what we will shine so brightly that others would be willing to rejoice in our light amen and in our own testimony and in our own personal experiences with God and we will no longer be quoting what somebody else said about God but we will have our own personal testimony how God delivered us how God ministered to us in a time of need in a time of crisis How God intervened in our relationship, in our marriages, in our finances. And we will have something to say because we've lived through it and experienced it. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you a brief testimony, very short. One of the questions that bothered me for a long, long time is what I've mentioned to you in the beginning of my message. But especially in the area of being, how can I say, prospering financially. And I have known people that they givers, They pay the tithes. They give offerings. And yet, they never receive the harvest. And that bothered me. Because Jesus said, give and it shall be given back to you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you give, it will be given back to you again. The word says there is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. But I have not seen increase in those that were giving. So it bothered me. It worked for me, but it didn't work for them. So one morning, I'm talking to the Lord. I'm fellowshipping with him in his word. And I'm asking him. And I was particularly teaching those days on the miracle or the power and purpose of the seed. And all of a sudden, light came. And I saw it. I saw why it worked for me, why it wouldn't work for them. And it was (laughs) hidden in this scripture that I'm going to give you now. Proverbs... Chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. The word says this, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. Underline those verses. Meditate on them. Chew on them. Until you suck out the honey that is in them. Through wisdom a house is built. And by understanding it is established. By knowledge... The rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And what was highlighted to my spirit were the words knowledge. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all pleasant and precious riches. And I saw why my giving worked for me. And I saw why the giving for other people didn't work for them. The reason it worked for me, it was because it was accompanied by my own personal revelation on the Word of God concerning the subject of giving. Some of you are giving, and if I asked you, have you ever seen any return, you wouldn't be able to answer. You wouldn't be able to know. Huh? Hello, am I speaking to the right people? I was reminded of another verse of Scripture from Hosea. We already quoted, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The only reason we're being destroyed in our finances or in any other area is because we lack the necessary revelation knowledge that it takes to prosper. When I first heard about the tithe, I was a week old in the Lord, just one week. I heard about tithe and I heard about offerings. I read it in the Bible. I didn't know what it meant. I went to my pastor. I said, What is this? What does it mean? He said, The tithe is 10% of your income. And the offering is what you give out of your own free will above your tithe. Oh. And I said, Who do I give it to? I didn't know. I was so green because I was only a week old. He said, You give it to the church that you attend and they feed you spiritually. I said, Okay. Never questioned it. Never argued with it. You know what? It's been 42 years. I've never missed it. And I started tithing. And I started giving offerings. And you know what? But I did not stop there. I didn't do it because the pastor said to it. I went into the Word and I dug into it. I found all of the scriptures that refer to financial prosperity. I chewed on them, and I meditate on them. I searched the scriptures. I studied the word day and night, and I got my mind renewed. It was not a problem believing God anymore, because I understood. You talk about understanding today. How is our financial situation established? By understanding. Amen. Anything you want to build in life, you need wisdom, you need understanding, and you need knowledge. Out of the hours I spent and researched the Word, out of my diligent study, revelation knowledge filled my mind and my heart. Knowledge produced the kind of faith which was needed, not only to give, but also to receive it takes faith to give but it also takes faith to receive some people have faith to give but they don't develop the faith to receive do you know that others develop the faith to receive they love receiving but they never give it they 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 haven't built their faith on giving we need to do both giving and receiving giving and receiving. but that takes revelation knowledge amen so scripture after scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, I build the word into my heart. So when I give, I do it by faith. Not because of necessity. Not because there is a need. I don't go by needs. Or well, some people say, why would you give to that person? He doesn't need it. Well, God doesn't operate by needs you know if God operated by needs there would not be any need in the world today he would meet every need because he's rich enough but he's not moved by need he's moved by faith I don't give to people who may need it if God says give, give but I give to those whom the spirit directs me and I want to plant my seed where it's fertile ground and when I give I also believe believe what? I believe for the reward and the return that's not the motive of my giving i give because i love god some people say well if you don't give you're going to be cursed you heard the pastor. you can't be cursed you deliver from the curse and you don't give and you don't tie so god can bless you no it's because you are blessed that you give we, we we have it the wrong way around so many times knowledge And this knowledge and revelation will work in every sphere of our lives. It will work in our marriage. It will work in our children. It will work in our finances. And it will work in every other relationship because it's the Word of God. And then the Lord concluded, and I'm concluding with this. And He said this to me, answering my question. If they do what you did, And they put the hours of study and meditation into the giving like you did. And arm themselves with the knowledge. It will work for them just like it worked for you. And then he said this principle works in every area of our lives. Not just in finances. It works in the healing area. It works in having long life. It works in divine protection. All of those areas. We have no excuse, folks. No excuse whatsoever. We ought to be the most prosperous, the most loving, the most forgiving people the world has ever seen. But that's not going to happen if you continue to live in another man's light. Develop your own light. Develop your own testimony. Develop your own experiences with the Lord, and build on that, just like the Samaritans did. The Bible speaks of a noble people in the New Testament, the Bereans. The Bible says the Bereans searched the Scriptures to find out whether what Paul was teaching them was the Word of God. So you do the same. Study Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved to God. And it always amazes me this. How we would spend 45 to 60 hours a week. For what? Working for other people, working for ourselves. For what? The end goal is to receive a paycheck. Amen? So that we can sustain ourselves naturally and physically in this world. The demands of life. How is it that born again spirit-filled believers will not spend even two hours a week to gain the most precious commodity in the face of the universe, which is revelation, knowledge, and wisdom from God? How is it that we have time to do that and we don't have time to do the other? Do you know why? Because we contend to live without it. That's the only reason. We're happy where we are. Complacent. Yeah, you get into heaven. No no, no doubt about that. You're born again. Your sins are forgiven. You get into heaven one way or another. Somebody will piggyback you there or your own faith will get you into heaven. But you know, one day I believe the Bible says that He will wipe away the tears from our eyes. You know what kind of tears He will wipe away? Because when we see what we could have had, and we missed it, we're going to start crying. Oh, God, you mean I could have had all this? I could have done all these things? Yeah, and the Lord would say, yes, you could have, but you didn't. Huh? Well, you're too lazy to study my word. You're too lazy to seek my face. You hungered for other things, for the bread that perishes, but you were not hungry for me. And he will wipe away. But don't worry, I love you. I have always loved you. And I have always carried you. And I have always been faithful to you. Because that's who I am. Amen? Amen. Remember, you want to break out of your prison? This is the way, I've I've showed you the way how to do it. You want to go places in the spirit and in the natural? Are you seeking for promotion? The Bible says it doesn't come from the east or from the west. It comes from the Lord. This is the way you do it. Get your own light. Get your own experience. Have your own testimony. Amen? Amen. And surprise your pastor. Blow him out of the water. We clap for you just because you memorized the verse of Scripture today. Come on. Wake up. You should memorize chapters. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Can we stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. And we thank you that you freely have given yourself for us to live off of you to experience you, to touch you, and to testify of you, not based on somebody else's testimony, Lord, but on what we have seen, what we have heard from you by the Spirit. And I pray that this would be the portion of every single person in this room, that you would do something by your Spirit extraordinary, That you would inspire your church. Not just this little fellowship, but your church in this island, Lord. That we would rise up as a people of God. Because our light has come. It's not going to come. It has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon your church. We pray, Father that by Your Spirit You would awaken us, the sleeping giant, that we would press into Your Holy Presence, that we would spend time with You and Your Word, and we would come out of that waiting time on You, anointed, empowered, equipped to do what is impossible for men to do. And we ask this in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And everybody said, amen. amen and Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.